where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones happen to be joining you as we're getting closer and closer towards the start of the 2023 season. Uh, three weeks from this Thursday will be the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. And uh, Bill's training camp kicking off at St. John Fisher College just around the corner as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us here on the latest edition of our podcast. Make sure you follow us across our social media platforms at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS. You can follow me at Bill's Bruiser. Find us online at DraftHouseSports.com and at Facebook.com slash DraftHouseSports. All right, so we're finally at that point where we're getting through the lull of the season, All-Star Game tonight, uh, break on Wednesday, and then, uh, you know, before we know it, uh, we're going to be into training camp here. How hungry are you for some NFL football, Alex? Yeah, it's been a long summer, Brad. We gotta gotta get there sooner rather than later. You know, get some preseason games going. Get some, you know, get some of the juices flowing again. There's been so much buzz about what Stephon Diggs hasn't said because he hasn't really said anything. Uh, some positive news for those who didn't see who should be surprised that. Uh, Diggs out in the community. He was at DeMar Hamlin's charity softball game. So, I mean, if there's any doubt that he's going to be a part of this football team, I would say put that behind you. Don't let the silence eat you alive. Yeah, I would agree. I think people are also so almost so used to having things go poorly in Buffalo that they almost expect it. You know, it's like it's a chicken little syndrome where it's like, well, the absence of this, means it's bad it's like well no sometimes the absence of something means nothing it just means there's nothing there yeah exactly and like we said there will be something coming up uh wednesday july 26th the bills kick off full practice at st john fisher college that's at 9 45 they'll keep that duration 9 practices wednesday thursday friday then saturday off resuming on sunday the 30th uh through monday tuesday off Wednesday, practice Thursday, and then the return of the blue and red game at Highmark coming up on Friday the 4th. Then on Sunday the 6th, they'll have 11.45 practice. Close practice to the public on the 7th. On Wednesday the 9th, they'll be back at it. Thursday the 10th at 9.45. And then preseason game that Saturday the 12th at or uh, hosting Indianapolis and then at Pittsburgh the following week. So, um, it's hard to believe that we're finally in the month here. We're only just a couple weeks away, and we'll be able to get into it with training camp. Yeah, it's exciting to get to that point. You know, it's exciting to be at the point where we can see it's on the horizon. It's right in front of us, and it's ready to go. So here's the questions that we always ask this time of year. What do you want to see out of the Bills at training camp? What position battles? Who do you want to see emerging a, a position? I think the position that comes out to me here, Alex, that comes in with the most mystery is middle linebacker. Since Tremaine Edmonds has left in free agency, 
by the Bills' choice, they probably could have re-signed him if they wanted to. They would have had to rework a lot in cap. They didn't want to have to do that. They didn't want to have to sacrifice other pieces of need on the franchise for that. So at this point, I mean, do you have any speculation on how you see this playing out? Or is your goal that you want out of the Buffalo Bills to have a middle linebacker maybe by the end of camp? Yeah, I think you're going to see it's one of those things where the wheat's going to separate from the chaff, right? That this position group is going to, you know, whoever is going to be the starter there is going to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if it's rookie Dorian Williams, if it's one of the guys on the roster, you know, it's AJ Klein. It's it's going to be exciting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, and... I mean, I, w- I wouldn't expect, you know, any rotations on there. Like, I would not expect to see Matt Milano at li- middle linebacker. But a guy who's been on this roster before, back again, A.J. Klein, yeah, that's a good point there that, I mean, he could be someone who, you know, a veteran in this league that could potentially start at middle linebacker. But that position could be up for fair game this year because let's remember – they may be altering the defense in what we've seen in the past. This isn't going to be a Leslie Frazier defense. This is a Sean McDermott defense. Now, we all know he's a defensive-minded head coach. He was the defensive coordinator in Carolina and Philadelphia before that. And uh, I would expect, you know, he's had his fingerprints on this defense, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see change and evolution in the defense this year. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's going to be some elements that are slightly different. We'll see maybe some different concepts or some different play call schemes. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it kind of makes me think of the Anthony Lynn quote when people were asking him when he was taking over the Bills offense, like, oh, what, what can we expect? And he's like, well, it's, it's same, same, um, same dad, different mom, right? Like you're getting at the same place from the same way. You're just doing it ever so slightly different. Yeah, well said. And I, I, I'm just interested that, you know, they have some new personnel coming into this year. Um, you know, Taylor Rapp coming in from uh, uh, the Rams. Uh, I mean, they, they picked up ad rushers. Uh, they've picked up defensive linemen. That um, I think there's some new pieces in this defense that – you know, as curious as I'm seeing about the offense, you know, what Dalton Kincaid will bring to the table, you know, will James Cook emerge as a true, uh, you know, number one running back on this team that th- I think there's more mystery with this defense and it's a defense that's been very sound, but we have, you know, Von Miller coming back from an ACL injury. We have, you know, Trey White fully healthy. Uh, we have depth at safety. Let's not forget, you know, DeMar Hamlin, who I think could rotate in quite a bit at safety this year. I'm very intrigued by this Bills defense. Yeah, I am too. I don't think, I don't expect DeMar Hamlin to be, I think he's going to start the season on the pup. Yeah. Um, I mean, Leonard Floyd also interesting in the edge rushing. You know, he's a guy who's had a lot of success edge rushing in this league. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can see, you can see however you want to how the defense is going to turn out. But in actuality, it's, it's going to be a sound unit like it has been every other year. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this defense has major, major potential, especially, you know, I said Taylor Rapp, Puna Ford. I think he's our – we said it last podcast, Alex. 
he's going to be the star Letulele of this defense that he can come in and eat up defensive uh, or offensive linemen uh, and allow a finesse player like Ed Oliver to get free. I think he's going to be instrumental in Ed Oliver excelling this year. Yeah, I think Tuna might be a little more of a rotational piece. Daquan Jones was excellent last year at the one-tech position. Um, and I think this is just a move to sort of keep pressure off him to allow him some rest snaps. Uh, another big signing who I think will make an impact here is Leonard Floyd coming in. Uh, spent last year on the Rams. Uh, I love the addition of two former Rams here in Floyd and Rapp this offseason. Well, and somebody who has a history of playing with Vaughn Miller, who has shown that he can have success playing with Vaughn and knows him well. Um, and sort of a dude who feels like Vaughn maybe sold on the Bills, you know, sold on the concept of playing here. Alex, in your honest opinion, there's been no news from Hopkins. How do you feel about his potential landing in here? Do you think there's still a realm of possibility, or should everyone just discard it? Because what I heard today, and I probably am more apt to believe it, is that he's after you know, the same kind of money that Odell got on a one-year deal from Baltimore. And if that's the case, you know, it's over 16 mil a year plus, you know, whatever bonus that I can't see the Bills going out and spending this money on a player just for one year. Yeah, I agree, Brad. I I think it's going to be, you know, I I don't see that as realistic. I think some team's going to get desperate, um, have an injury in camp, and then they're going to go after him. Um, I, I would not be shocked if they... They leave him like he doesn't join a roster until camps either almost complete or almost all, you know, is complete. Because to me, that just seems like the smart move on his part is save his body. Like no need for him to really push himself during preseason or anything like that. All right. So there was a lot made about the Buffalo Bills. Well, a lot made. Colin Coward made a big deal about the Bills canceling their last day of camp. We said, you know, last podcast that it's something that happens with the Jets. Canceled their entire mini camp, uh, mainly because they're going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game here. Looking around the division, I mean, obviously I think it's tougher when you bring in a future Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel about the pulse of the AFC East right now? I mean, I think we've said it before. This has potential to be one of the best divisions if not in just the AFC, but in the NFL. Yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. This could be one of the best divisions in the NFL. It also could be one of those divisions that completely falls on its face. You know, outside the Bills, the Miami Dolphins have built a trade, uh, you know, that trade-heavy team where they're bringing in all names who were good a couple seasons ago but can they reclaim to where they were? You know, it almost feels like that Eagles team, the dream team um, that really fell apart because they went after pure free agency rather than trying to build something from the ground up. Yeah, exactly. That is a very, very good point here. And I, I, you know, I like what Robert Sala is doing uh, with New York that I think they have a scary defense that, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, we saw him play outstanding last year. I, I, If anything, I'm scared about the New York Jets. It's their defense. But interesting that you say that about Miami. I mean, I feel like Tua is one concussion away from calling it a career. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where it, it is, I mean, 
Also, the evil empire is always lurking simply by the fact that they exist, right? Belichick's always going to have his guys ready to go. Or he's always going to have his guys on the precipice of success. So I wouldn't count out the Patriots either. There's a reason why they've had very few losing seasons under Bill Belichick. Anyone else in the conference, at least, not the league, but the conference, scare you other than, let's say, you know, Cincinnati and Kansas City? Is, is Jacksonville a force to be reckoned with, do you think, going into this year? No, cause simply because the fact that it's they deal with the NFC South, right? The NFC South isn't a worrisome division. It's not really worrisome opponents. So it's one of those things, Brad, where I'm not really overly concerned with the Jaguars. They feel like a team that ironically is going to course correct. And I think they really outperformed their expectations last season. And I think this year, the, the opposite is going to happen. The Titans are always a good squad because Grable's a good coach, but they just don't have the talent that they used to. The team that I think could take the biggest leap in the AFC this season is a team who narrowly, uh, you know, kind of crashed and burned down the stretch. And I think that was a fault of an inexperienced head coach, Nick Sirianni, and that's the Chargers. That if, you know, he could do what McDermott's done. We saw McDermott not call timeouts, make mistakes at times, challenge weird things. We've seen him evolve as a head coach. If Nick Sirianni can take those next steps in his development as a head coach in the league, I think the Chargers could be a force to be reckoned with this year. I'm going to be honest. I think the Chargers are cursed as a franchise. They are a cursed franchise. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't any. It, genuinely, it isn't anything to do. Like every single year, you're like, this should be a team that's winning games, and then under Anthony Lynn, they underperform. Under Nick Sirianni, they underperform. So it's one of those things, and it, you have to. It, it feels like one of those storylines in the NFL where it was a diverging timeline, right? The Chargers did not want to wait for Dable to get done with the playoffs to interview. So they went with Sirianni, who was available. And you kind of have to think, like, the success the Giants had, are the are the Chargers looking like, man, we really messed that one up, huh? Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else outside. I like the Titans. That's a good point. Uh, you know, Houston, they're a rebuild. Uh, the Colts, definitely a rebuild. I can't think of anyone else outside of our own division and the mentioned teams here that jumps off the page to me. I don't see the Raiders taking a step forward. Yeah. There, I, there's there's going to be one team who surprises, right? There's always a new head sure. coach who rallies the troops and gets under. Like the, This year's Giants. The Texans, the Texans might be that team. The okay. Texans have the draft picks. They have the players. And you know what? Maybe they all put it together this year. That's a good coach they have there. I I could see them taking big steps because they didn't lose games by much last year. They took a lot of people down to the wire. And if you add a little extra coaching, a little more talent, a little bit of everything to the roster, the AFC South's wide open. Final thoughts this week, Alex? Just, um, you know what, this is unrelated to Buffalo Bills, but the Alex DeBrincat trade moving forward with the rebuild of the <laughs> yes. Red Wings. I know people aren't paying to hear this, but <laughs> really excited to see what we can do with them, with Alex DeBrincat in fold and the steps the team has made forward. 
So, yes, this is a Buffalo Bills podcast, but both Alex and I are not necessarily Sabre fans. We're Red Wing fans. I just put my, my visor on. I was wearing it the other day, and someone said, we need to get you a, a new hat. And I said, well, the team on my hat has won four Stanley Cups in my lifetime. I think I'm good with this hat. Just saying. From the day I was born until I was 25 years old, I knew playoff hockey every single year. I'm good. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. Find our work at drafthousesports.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Follow us across Twitter at DHS Buffalo at Bills Bruiser at TW Callahan DHS. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Available on Spotify, Odyssey, Prime Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. An R Street Media production.